Entrepreneurs Board of Investors is challenging America to pitch the next big idea during a 60-second pitch. Welcome to the boardroom. Hi, I'm Kim Perel. I'm a serial entrepreneur, top angel investor, and best-selling author. I'm Mark Randolph, co-founder of Netflix and six other companies. I'm an investor, a mentor, and host of the That Will Never Work podcast. I'm Sean Neff, an entrepreneur, investor, and advisor. My name is Peter Goldberg. I'm the founder of PLG Ventures, which is an early-stage venture capital firm and the host of the show. It's Entrepreneur Elevator Pitch, presented by Amazon Business, with support from State Farm and T-Mobile for Business. Today's episode is powered by ASU's Innovation Open, an annual competition for the world's top collegiate tech ventures. Each startup you'll see today is a previous Innovation Open winner. Learn more at ASU.io. Okay, who's ready to make some money? Time to hear the first pitch. So all of us, we have a we have a passion for audio and music. Um, we're, we're total nerds too. We like deep technology and kind of wanted to bring those two worlds together. So typically with a, a microphone, if somebody's talking, it's going to pick up everybody else talking around me. But with our microphone, because it's directional, it's really only going to pick up what I'm saying, and it's going to cut out these guys, right? So you can still understand what I'm saying. So voice recognition works and, and things of that sort. Your 60 seconds begins now. Going up. We spend so much of our time talking to each other remotely, and yet it's still one of the most frustrating experiences. You gotta tell your kids to quiet down every time you're on a call, and you gotta repeat yourself five times before Alexa actually understands you. Shouldn't it be as easy to communicate through our devices as it is in person? The problem is that we're surrounded by noise, and the microphones in our devices, while they pick up the voice in front of them, also pick up all the noise that's around them. Sanskrit has developed the first ever directional microphone that is inspired by the way insects hear. Our microphone is designed to isolate your voice and cut out all the unwanted noise, giving you crystal clear audio in all of your consumer electronics. We're looking to raise $1 million to add to our 10 to 12 million Series A round, and we're backed by the largest names in consumer electronics. I'm really excited about the team we've built and the progress we've shown, and I think you will be too. I'm Sahil, that's Fred, four, that's Stefan. We're the co-founders of Sanskrit, two, coming down from one. Montreal. Time's up. These guys seem like the real deal. I bet you this is also gonna be a very expensive round if they're already raising 10 to 12. It's always challenging, I think, doing an elevator pitch with more than one or maybe two people, but I think these guys actually broke up the information pretty well. Yeah, I agree. I think it was clear, concise. Um, I think it was very interesting. I thought they did a really great pitch, and it's interesting to see how much they've already raised. Well, it's time to vote, and we're going to find out if you guys actually want to hear more. Well, it looks like all three of you want to hear more. Let's open the doors. Let's go. Yes. Welcome to the boardroom. What's up, guys? Hey, guys. Hey. Well, first of all, that was an impressive pitch. Appreciate it. But we've got a lot of questions for you. So, Kim, kick it off. Yeah, we'd love to know your current valuation um, on the $10 million that you're currently raising. What are the numbers on that? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So, you know, we made a lot of progress these last couple months bringing this round together. We brought a lot of investors in that um, 
have kind of put together this round. And unfortunately, actually, when we were talking to them right before we went to this show, they didn't really want to publicly disclose the valuation in, in some of those terms. So I hope you can uh, appreciate that. So how are we supposed to invest? Well, I'd, I'd hope that we could get you excited about the actual product. Um, are you in market? What we're doing. What's up? Are you in market? Uh, no, we're, we're pre-production, so we uh, we got out our first customer samples. Um, but really, this round is about going to production, right? So actually moving some of our fab and stuff like that into a real production facility um, and actually getting out into market. Will this round get you there? Yes, absolutely. All the way to market to actually selling and being able to be revenue generated. Yeah, absolutely. And who are the customers? We've been talking to a variety of folks in the consumer electronics space. Um, so you can think of some of the leading laptop manufacturers, um, people developing sort of earbuds and, and things of that sort. But 10 million gets you to market. Although you can't share the valuation, can you share your revenue projections on year one? Yeah, so um, you know, by the second half of next year, um, we're looking at a small amount of revenue, right? Really just getting into the market. So 2023, what would your revenue projections be? I think it would be in, in, in the millions, you know? And again, I, I'd be more than happy to walk you through our P&L and our financial models too, if you guys are interested. This is interesting, but I'm just not sure how we can make any progress. Uh, I, I won't speak for any of you. I certainly can't uh, make an offer to be involved for something I don't know the price of. So, you know, I can tell you right now, I'm gonna back away. I'm with you, I just like, how are we supposed to make an educated decision on investment without understanding the value of the company? So, I'm out. Maybe I can just jump in. Um, in the last two months, we didn't know where the round was be, right? We, we just know we need 10 million to get to production um, so we can start selling this to people. Clearly, the, there's, a, there's a need for it, and there's an opportunity there, but we can't <laughs> discuss it here publicly. Um, I think Mark was being kind. <laughs> okay, because this is ridiculous, right? You can't talk about valuation. You can't talk about who the strategic partners are. You won't talk about projections. Everything is top secret NASA confidential CIA here. How could we even do anything that's an intelligent discussion other than having an infomercial for you? We have let's be serious about it, right? So let's break, maybe we can try to break it down a little. So our technology is based on the uh, 20 years of research um, uh, by Professor Ron Miles. Um, and he's uh, he studied insects his whole life, and he realized that insects have a better way of sensing sound compared to mammals. Um, they use hairs to sense sound instead of membranes. So we've got several patents um, from... This is a waste of time. Yeah. Sean, they're out. Do you have anything else? Yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. I had a couple questions around patent. I wanted to know who your other investors are. Again, I don't know. They don't... I know, well... <laughs> Right. Yeah, so look, I, I, I think we're good. I mean, look, anytime you're going to, like, you know why you right. came on here. Right. You came on here, you know there was a camera, right. and and you made the practical decision or not practical decision to come in front of some investors and say, hi, this is my business, mm -hmm. but I can't give you any of the information. It's like me telling you to drive to my house right now. You don't know where I live. Good luck. Well. In any event, I think you got the feedback. We all wish you the best of luck, but unfortunately nobody has anywhere the information to make any sort of informed decision. So we're not gonna be able to do a deal today. Sure, thanks for that. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks. Good luck guys.
Well, that was a first for me, coming into a pitch and then <laughs> not telling you the price. It's ridiculous. What was the discussion coming into the elevator, knowing you were handcuffed from saying all these things? It's frustrating for us not to be able to talk about that. But you were asking for a million dollars. You weren't right. asking for $25,000 right. and take a leap of faith here. Yeah. It was a million bucks. Who would give you a million bucks not knowing any of these things? You guys seem pretty uh, pretty high risk takers, and we we're hoping maybe to, to seduce you based on well, the, the excitement of the technology and the. And there's the high risk, and then there's jumping off a cliff with a blindfold. That's fair. So, what are you guys going to do now that you still are looking for a million bucks? You know, we still have a, a lot of investors who have been interested in this round. Um, we have a lot of verbal commitments, and we're just going to keep, you know, following up with those and, and try to get everything closed. Entrepreneur Elevator Pitch is presented by Amazon Business for every organization at every stage of growth. Now, let's hear the next pitch. Kiri was born out of our desire to help children learn and grow. Me and my co-founders all come from large families. I myself have two children, ages three and one, Sam and Charlie. And we developed an eco-friendly smart toy with no screen that can help kids learn, giving parents an option to be able to teach without a screen if they wanted to. My kids are so excited to see me pitch. They'll be happy to see Dad on the, on the TV screen, as well as they like to see Kiri in action since they've been one of the first guinea pigs in trying it out at home. Your 60 seconds begins now. Going up. Hi, my name is Brandon, a co-founder at Kiri Toys. Modern educational toys are falling short of meeting our children's needs. Most rely on screens, and studies are showing that prolonged exposure to screens have adverse effects on a child's development. 90% are made of plastic, and most of them have a limited life cycle in which the child is actively engaged in learning from the toy. Meet Kiri, the world's first screenless, AI-powered wooden block. Kiri is an eco-friendly smart toy that works well with RFID-paired tiles that teach children a wide range of subjects. A companion app allows parents to track the progress of their child's work and through AI power technology, we'll ship additional tile packs via monthly subscription to adapt Curie to the child's learning stage and age. We've done 50K in pre-sales over a three-month period of time. Three, we're seeking 100K two, for 5% of our company. Time's up. Well, finally, somebody that covered all the basics in the pitch with an ask. Was that enough to get you interested in having him come in and hear more? You know, just because you cover all the points in an elevator pitch doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the interest you're looking for. I'm intrigued, but I'm not sure if my kids would actually play with it. I thought it was interesting. I still don't understand the product. I've got kids, though, and if I can do this for my wife and get less screen time and more non-screen time, I'll be a hero. We've got a lot of different thoughts on this one. Let's vote and find out if we're going to hear more. Well, it looks like Sean and Kim want to bring them up and hear more. Let's open the doors. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the boardroom. Investors. <laughs> Thank you for having me up. Hey, Brandon. How's it going? I would love to learn a little bit more about the product yeah. and how it works. Can I show you? Yeah, please. So, Kiri has three main elements. It has the block itself, it has 
these tiles, which come in varying packs focused on very different subjects. As early subjects as colors, alphabet, numbers, but we move on up through science and math, coding logic, and we do this all through multiple languages. So the child would play with the block by touching the block to a tile. So if we take the green tile here, for example, on one side it has the color or an image, on the other side it has the, the name green. If you touch it, green. it says green and it responds with, in this instance, the green color. Now, the third element is the mode card. So the mode card is what allows me to change it from English to, in this case it's Mandarin, or to Spanish. Okay, I think we get how it works. Thank okay, you. We got how it works. So we found a lot of success with Kiri with kids. We've done over a thousand tests with parents and children, with educators, with professionals, including speech therapists. And we started out with the cube as a very nascent idea, but you can kind of build an entire ecosystem of this that even syncs up with other objects, because this is Bluetooth enabled. So we can easily down we can easily push to it new technology and information and have it adapt which is kind of the key crux of Curie, is it adapts not only with the needs of the child, but with the growth of the product. What's your background? Because yeah. anytime, right, I write a check and I know I'm not running the business, it's all about the founder. So my other two co-founders, one worked at a toy company as a senior product designer for a number of years. My other co-founder is a Stanford-Harvard grad with an electrical engineering degree and an MBA who is both wears the CEO and the CTO hat, so he's put together Two other companies, one was SaaS, one was an electrical engineering-based approach to, to another hardware product. How much have you raised? So we've only done 50K in pre-sales, okay. and we've raised about $150,000 from friends and family, personal investments, and awards. At what valuation? So all of this has been done through a safes, so we have no determined valuation at this time. What we're asking for put us at a $2 million valuation, I think we could even be north of that. Okay, investors, time is money. Anybody prepared to entertain Brandon's offer? I think it's an impressive team that you've built. I like the market, smart toys, and I have children that I think would find this very intriguing. So I'm prepared to make an offer. But I also, to caveat, I think 50K in sales, you haven't shown a lot of traction yet. I can agree with that. So I would be prepared to offer 50K in investment at the current valuation. Thanks for that offer. Yeah, look, I think, you know, I think I could bring a lot to the table in a consumer business like this. I mean, valuation, right? That's what's yeah. gonna drive what this thing's worth. So for me, it's less about 50K, 100K, mm -hmm. or whatever. I mean, from a valuation standpoint, I mean, well, what his original think? ask was 5% for 100K, so you're valuing this at 2 million, correct? Correct. Okay. okay, there you go. There you go. I missed that. Okay, so, so it's a $2 million valuation, and that's locked. We feel strongly that we could do $2 million. There's some wiggle room there because I, I do concede that we've only done 50K in pre-sales, but that's because that was only over a three-month period of time. So we've seen a lot of traction in that short period of time, and we're planning to launch this holiday season. So we'll be able okay. to pick up when toys are very exciting for people on the direct-to-consumer side. And then we already have one deal in the works, which I can't speak of now, with a major retailer in the United States who has a kid's line on the upper end, so it'll meet our price point. So here's the offer. Um... If you say there's wiggle room on the valuation, right? I think 50K is not a lot of revenue, and you guys have been at it for a little while. Mm -hmm. So that concerns me. Yeah. But I think I'd be willing to put in 100K at a million dollar valuation. I appreciate that offer as well. Okay, Brandon, you have two offers on the table. 
You have Kim offering $50,000 at your proposed $2 million valuation, and you have Sean willing to put in the full 100K, but at a $1 million valuation. What do you want to do? I'd like to take your offer. There we go. I like it. Thank you, Sean. Let's go get it. Thank you. I cannot remember the last time somebody struck a deal for 10% of a company for $100,000. He must really value you and what you're going to bring to the table. I think you've got a great, great deal. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what we can do. So you struck a deal with Sean, but $100,000 for 10%. Did you give away too much of your company? It seems expensive, but I think we can leverage Sean's experience and help us to grow at a greater trajectory than we are planning when we first arrived at the elevator pitch. And now, today's Main Street Hero of the Week, supported by State Farm. Kane Cutswell of Camera Ready Cuts provides not only a safe environment for LGBTQIA clients to get haircuts, but also an open and accepting place where her community can talk and learn from each other. Thank you for being our Main Street Hero of the Week, supported by State Farm. Learn more at statefarm.com slash smallbusiness. Now let's hear the next pitch. Whenever you start talking about nanotechnology and self-cleaning coating, some people get really, really interested, some people's eyes gloss over. So I'm so excited to pitch in, in, in the elevator competition here. It's an exciting opportunity. Um, certainly something that I've learned over the past five years of building the company is how important it is to be able to describe what you're doing very, very quickly and succinctly. Your 60 seconds begins now. Going up. Did you know that when solar panels get dirty, like you see here, they produce 30% less power than a clean one? For the average homeowner, that's enough lost energy over the course of a month to power their air conditioner for 52 hours. Globally, this is a massive problem, with energy producers missing out on $6 billion in revenue last year. At SwiftCoat, we've developed a nanoparticle-based coating that, when applied to the surface of the panel, uses UV light from the sun to power a chemical reaction that eats away at the dirt that builds up on the panel, keeping it looking clean and operating at a high efficiency. We generate revenue by selling our patented coating hardware and raw materials to panel manufacturers who can apply the coating for less than 50 cents per panel. We've been awarded $2.5 million in federal funding from the Department of Energy and National Science Foundation and just signed a half million dollar agreement to implement our technology onto a customer's pilot line. Today, we're looking to raise $75,000 in exchange for 1% of the company so that we can install our dirt-eating solar panels at flagship locations across the country to drive interest in the product. Time's up. He had me all along the way until the 75K for 1%. And he raised millions of dollars from the Department of Energy. It feels like this is a big thing, but his ask was pretty small. What was your initial reactions? I'm trying to suss out where they really are in the process. I mean, maybe it was because it was early. That's one of the things that has me a little hesitant. Yeah, I think that kind of threw me off. Anytime I'm looking to invest, and I understand scale of a business, but just the idea of owning 1% of something is never that rad to me. It's not even worth 1% for you to get out of bed in the morning. (laughs) I would agree. 1% is very hard to see what the upside is going to be on that, so. But it's a good, it's a great, looks like a great product and it's patented. Well, anyway, let's find out. If you guys want to hear more, let's vote. Well, it looks like only Mark wants to hear more. 
So let's open the doors. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the boardroom. Hey everyone, thank you so much for the opportunity today. You're welcome. First of all, what's your name? Peter, Peter Firth. So I wanted to hear more because I can so relate to this problem. I have a big array at home. Mm -hmm. What I'm curious about is the business model. If I understand, you'll be selling your hardware actually to the panel manufacturers. And what does the business model look like from there? Yeah, so we're actually selling two things, both the, the hardware and the raw materials that the coatings are composed of. So, and then it's either going to be sold to the panel manufacturers or the glass manufacturers that the panel manufacturers source their, their glass from. So it's a version of razor and blades here? Exactly, exactly. How many solar panel manufacturers are there? So they separate them into tiers. The tier one manufacturers are all out of China. They're the big ones who make a bulk of the, the manufacturing. They, there's five to ten of them. And is that a potential customer for you? Absolutely. We think we want to start smaller just because they're making hundreds of millions of panels every year. We don't know that we'd be able to support that early on. There are some domestic manufacturers who are making much smaller amounts of panels on a global scale, but for us that would be a, a huge contract. How much are you raising? Uh, $75,000 today. Total? No. So we have, we have our $2.5 million from the National Science Foundation Department of Energy, which pays for most of our research and development and product development activities. But we can't spend any of that money on business development and marketing sales. That's what this money is for today. But at $75,000, how far is that going to get you? Well, we think it'll actually get us pretty far. This is, like I said, specifically for marketing. We want to really drive you know, people like you who may not even know that uh, dirty solar panels are a problem, get them calling the installers who are going to start calling the manufacturers and generate the pull for our product that way. Is there anyone else doing something similar to this today? Pretty much every solar panel coating, or solar panel that's manufactured has a coating on it. It's an anti-reflective coating like you'll usually get on your glasses. They work in a different way though. Ours is actually a chemical reaction that's eating away the dirt on the panel. And that chemical, is that proprietary to you or can anyone use that chemical? The material isn't proprietary. The structure of the coating that we make is proprietary. So if someone, obviously anyone can access, right, your core product is potentially this ingredient. Mm -hmm. Like, how can I not figure that out myself? Sure, so there's sort of two levels of protection we have. Uh, the first comes down to our coating hardware, which is our, our core technology. It's a very unique way of applying nanomaterials to large-scale pieces of glass. And that's the only way that we know of to make the structure of the coating that will actually function in the way that it needs to. The second is that they would have to figure out what that structure is, that you can get the self-cleaning effect but not limit the amount of light that's actually making it into your solar cell. Uh, we got quite an education here today. Yes. But now it's time to figure out if anybody wants to write a check for $75,000. I think it's a great opportunity, but I want to invest in something that has the opportunity to be really big, which I think this does. But $75,000 is going to take you a long time to get there, so I'm out. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I think it's it's obviously a huge problem. I just wasn't convinced that, I don't know how bulletproof your product is, right? And someone that's probably a lot bigger and stronger can wipe you out pretty quick, so I'm out. I'm actually intrigued. I think it's actually a really compelling solution to a problem I know exists. I think the market is huge, and I actually like the fact that you're gonna be doing something which is actually good for the planet, albeit in a slightly indirect way. 
I'd love to be a partner with you. I'm not necessarily prepared to do $75,000, considering I know there's going to be more money needed to be raised after this. But this is a gesture. I'll do $50,000 um, as for 1% of the company, if that's interesting to you. The, the challenge is, is that we, this is part of a, a larger round where we all have, already have investors at that higher valuation. Well, why didn't you say so? How big is the round that you currently raised? 350000 That seems so small for like a problem like this. That's what I was saying. We're going to need a lot more money to make this happen. Well, I'll tell you what. I will throw in the $50,000 at the uh, $7.5 million price point, which sounds like what uh, the existing round is in. Okay, Peter, what do you want to do? Fantastic, yeah. We'd be excited to partner with you. I'm looking forward to uh, working with you to help change the world here. Great. Cool. Congrats. Congrats. You know, sometimes I write a check and I go, that could be the last I ever see of that $50,000. <laughs> but I actually think this one might go someplace. What is $350,000 really going to do when you're talking about millions and millions of solar panel potential here? We think that this smaller round plus the two and a half million dollars in the next six to 12 months is really going to help to grow the company, make our valuation pop so that we can go after a lot more money at a much higher valuation in the very near future. Entrepreneur Elevator Pitch is presented by Amazon Business for every organization at every stage of growth. Now let's hear the next pitch. Strella Biotech is changing the world by reducing food waste in the food supply chain. There's been a ton of obstacles. I mean, a lot of this is learning on the job, so you make a lot of mistakes, and sometimes you have to go back and tell people that you made a mistake uh, and attempt to correct it. I'm not sure how I'm going to do in the elevator, but I'll give my best. Your 60 seconds begins now. Going up. Hi, my name is Catherine, and I'm the founder of Strella. One-third of all food is wasted before it's consumed, which is the equivalent of $2.6 trillion annually. This is because food supply chains aren't really designed for food. They lack data about the quality of perishable products, and any data that does exist doesn't have a connected system of record as the product travels. In order to begin to solve this problem, we've created a proprietary technology that allows us to predict the maturity of produce. We couple this with software to help our customers make smarter inventory decisions. Our initial market is in apple and pear packing, which is where fruits can be stored for up to a year. We help packers always move their most mature product first so that they can keep the stuff with longer shelf life in storage. This helps them reduce the bottom line impact of food waste and increase their overall margins. Five, We're raising four, a Series A to expand into additional two, opportunities and would one. love to chat. Thank you. Time's up. She left out a lot of key things from that pitch. We don't know how much she's raising, what valuation, what her revenue is. What do you guys think on that one? I thought it was a good pitch, but there are a lot of questions outstanding. So what is the ask? The idea's smart. I'm really impressed by her. But yeah, the ask. I really hate when this happens, when you have a really good company, a really interesting pitch, but you didn't really get enough information to make any kind of decision about whether you want to speak further with them. Well, anyway, it's time to vote, and we're going to find out if you want to hear more.
Well, it looks like all three of you wanted to hear more. Let's open the doors. It's great. That's awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> Welcome to the boardroom. Hi, Catherine. Hi. So everybody loves your mission, but I know Sean's got some questions that he wants to dig into right now. How did you come across this product and crack this code? I was going to apply to neuroscience grad school, uh, and I couldn't think of you know, a project that I'd be willing to commit myself to. So I read a paper about food waste, and then I thought maybe with more of a molecular bio approach, we could start to solve this like humongous problem. Are you using ethylene to detect ripeness? Is that the, the base technology here? Mm-hmm, yep. So if you've ever put an unripe banana next to a ripe one, uh, you see that it ripens a lot faster than if it was by itself. And this is because fruits communicate with each other using ethylene gas. Wow, what's your ass? Because at this stage, you kind of got me. <laughs> she got you at ethylene? Uh, she got me at the ethylene. Um, we're doing a 15 to $20 million Series A. At? Well, we'd like to see what the market has to offer. So I just started raising about a week ago, and I'd oh. like to see what lead sheets come in. And how much have you raised to date? We've raised a uh, 3.3 seed round uh, about a year and a half ago. This raised as debt or equity? Oh, equity. What was the valuation on that round? We were at a 9 million pre, so 12.3 post. That was a good time to get in. <laughs> <laughs> Best time to plant a tree, yeah, you know, know, 20 years ago. Exactly. And this is a service? This is a recurring revenue business? Yeah, it is. So depending on the customer that we work with, we charge either an annual subscription fee or a fee per uh, the product that we offer. So for example, we monitor shipping containers of produce. So we charge per container trip. Or alternatively, we work with retailers where we charge on a per pallet basis. So your, your primary customer, right? Who's gonna be the bigger one? The retailer or kind of a many producer of this fruit? The retailer is actually the biggest market by far. It's about a $105 billion market opportunity. The most important question that we're all on pins and needles for, what's in the box? It's actually my product that I uh, figured I'd show you. This is what a Strela sensor looks like. So this is what measures that ethylene gas and predicts whether or not your avocados are going to be way too hard or way too mushy. <laughs> well, is anybody interested in investing 50K or 15 million because she's willing to take the whole gamut. I love your vision. I think it's a big market opportunity. Without knowing the valuation, I'm out. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, so I, I've got, I'll call it an offer for you. Okay. So. Smaller check out of the gate, right? 150 grand. Okay. And if I can jump in and get the same terms that they got, but then what I could bring is retail relationships, right? Because I'm a consumer products guy, right? So that would be my offer to see if I can squeeze in on the last round. I'll put up 150K, but I'll make some intros into the biggest grocery stores in the country. I'm going to give you something else to think about, too. I'm not going to try and come in in the last round. I'm going to try and solve a problem that I think you have, which is you can't take a next round offer from me. You're not going to price your round based on something which is happening on this amount of information. Mm -hmm. So how about this? I'll do $75,000 and I'll do it on a safe note into the next round uh, with a 20% discount. 
Okay. And is it capped? Uh, it is, will be uncapped. Ah, I can't do that. Uh, do it, uncapped. <laughs> you said you said you'd never do it, yeah. but you, All right. there's always, we'll a, never there's always a chance. Yeah. Capped, first time. Capped at a hundred. Capped at a hundred million. A yeah. hundred posts. Okay. Okay. And then, um, sorry, because what would you offer? What would you bring to the table? I like fruit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. No, I, 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 the, the, the quick answer is I don't know what I could offer yet. Okay. I mean, I have spent all my life as an entrepreneur, and the most valuable thing I can do is be as a mentor, as a, a CEO, which I know is sometimes one of the hardest things to get advice about. Definitely. Okay, Catherine, you have two offers on the table. You have Sean willing to come in with $150,000 based upon the terms of your last round, and you have Mark willing to come in with $75,000 on note or safe with a $100 million cap at a 20% discount. Which one do you want to take? I'll take Mark. Oh, dang. <laughs> totally blew it. Well, it looks like, looks like money talks. And ethylene does, too. So. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Congratulations, and we all wish you the best. Thank you. Well, mentor schmentor, it was all about the money. <laughs> Mark actually told you that he wasn't going to help you basically at all. Maybe you should have gone with Sean in that one? There's always the potential that I made a mistake. Um, I think I'm really looking forward to seeing what Mark has to offer in terms of mentorship. Do you think that you could have been more creative with Sean, where you could have given him something where he came in at a higher valuation, but yet you could have got some advisory based upon him delivering all the things he said he could? I think it's a great idea, and maybe I should go ahead and follow up with him afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> For more information about the ASU Innovation Open and to apply by their annual fall competition deadline, please visit ASU.io. On the next Entrepreneur Elevator Pitch. Hi, my name is Lexi Ayesa, and I used to shit my pants. Whoa, that was quite a pitch that I wasn't expecting. Conventional sex products are dangerous. And who doesn't want what they're selling? <sighs> I know that feeling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and to apply for season eight, go to entrepreneur.com slash elevator pitch. <laughs>